You can put your finger in two passages. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 2 a little bit and mainly in Exodus chapter 31 if you want to grab your spot there. So I was, uh, just came back from a trip through Chicago and into Michigan um, to visit family and see my daughter. Um, so I stayed in my um, parents' place. Um, that, that's empty these days. My dad passed away a few years ago, and uh, my mom is living in an assisted care place, so she's not there. Last time I was there, I remember, um, I remember being younger going to my parents' house, and it feel like I was 12 again. And it always felt kind of good because my mom would just treat me like I was 12, and there's something kind of good about that. Maybe not real healthy, but it felt really good. Um, and then as you get older, you're kind of in your, it's still your parents' house. And uh, so I was, um, since my dad passed away going back, I was kind of nervous because I was going to stay there by myself, and I was kind of nervous just kind of like, how was I going to feel being in their house? And it was just, it was kind of a weird experience. Other than an occasional whiff of um, cigarette smoke off the paint in the house, now and then I'd pick up from my dad's many years in there, um, it didn't feel like their house anymore. It was, uh, my brother's kind of taken it over, and they've cleaned it up and changed it around, and it was uh, kind of a little shocking and um, somewhat not refreshing. I, I didn't miss them, but there was uh, a sense of turning a corner, in a sense. Um, and so even as I think about Father's Day, my, uh, my particular thoughts in that particular, when I was back there, um, as I thought about them, um, it was more with a, a good sense of we're in a different season, um, but definitely more thoughts about my own self as a father, especially as I see our kids are kind of like on the edge of moving out um, and kind of transitioning in that time. And so my thoughts are a lot more so, how have I done as a father? Um, and um, what's, what's still my role today as it changes over time um, with our kids? It changes. And so kind of like, where's my role at this point and what's God wanting to do it? So this, uh, this evening... Um, we're going to look at one aspect of something that we can do, and it's for all of us. Um, the scriptures tell us that we are to be imitators of God as dear children. And so I thought we'll uh, take some time. We're going to take some time to try to think about imitating God in one particular area that I've actually spoken about a whole mess of times here, and uh, there's a reason for it is because we forget it really quick. We're going to be talking about rhythms between work and rest, and I'm going to make kind of a special application to dads um, we, I think we struggle in that area more than others in terms of getting those kinds of areas um, right in our life. So we're going to take a look at how God did that and with a desire for us to reflect that because when we don't get those rhythms right in our life of working and resting the way God designed, um, we're impacted by it um, and our kids are impacted by it as they watch it and experience it um, in our life. So today's plan um, and you guys all started out with the right idea by showing up tonight. That was the first part of the plan, is to experience a little experience of genuine Sabbath. Um, and begins, as it did in the Old Testament, it begins with a gathering of people. We gather together. We place ourselves under God's word. We worship. We, we listen to him. We use our, we use our voices. Um, we enjoy one another. And then from that place, we move into, we've basically got, depends on your, what your life looks like, uh, 24 hours here from us, I'm encouraging you to enjoy what God meant for the Sabbath to be. And it'll be different for every single one of us, but I hope that tonight we can gather 
put ourselves under the word, and we can go out from here with a plan for the next 24 hours to say, so what am I going to do with this block of time I've got? I've got some time. What am I going to do with it? How would it reflect what God would want me to do with it so we can be changed people as we go into the, uh, our work week on Monday? The truth is, um, particularly, I think, and I don't know if this, this is probably true for all of us. I know it's true for me. There can often be, we can often work without fulfillment, and we rest without really getting refreshed. You know what I mean by that? We, we labor, labor, and labor, and it's not always fulfilling. And then when we're called to rest, we don't really rest. We don't really experience the rest that God designed. It's something different. It's, it's sometimes just wasting time without any intention, but not a plan in that. Or it's not really restful. We just have a different list we follow. Um, and so we experience, what, when that happens, um, we get stressed. Um, so you can ask my kids if I've worked well for fulfillment and if I've rested well, because they can tell when I haven't, because I'm stressed. And it shows up, um, and it begins to build in our lives. And that was not God's intention for us. From the very beginning of creation, he had something um, else in mind. When I got back from uh, Michigan, since it was hot here, um, the first agenda item was putting up our pool, which... Um, I think this is maybe the fifth year we've had this one. This one's like on the, like on, I'm hoping it makes it through the summer. So it's one of those ones with the t- metal tubing. Stick it up. It's got the vinyl sides. You put about $100 worth of Tucson water in it and, um, and fill it up and run it and, and all this kind of stuff. So I put the thing up and uh, put about five inches of water because I've learned from experience. I know how to do these things, check to see if it's balanced and to see if it's leaking because every year it leaks more and more and more. So put the thing up, waited for a while, took a little walk around the pool, and there's these couple little wet spots around the edges of the pool. So, you know, it's, the pool's leaking. So I, um, you get underneath there, it's shallow. I can push up the sides a little bit, and you'll see this little water spraying, you know, since there's spots. So we have these little patches. You can go in there and stick it on there and patches it all up and then put some more water in. And it's interesting, um, the more water I put in, the more leaks that showed up. And it's not because there's leaks up higher, because those would be easy. But it's, as it gets higher, there's nothing leaking around the sides, but there's more pools of water all around the pool where it's leaking. Because what happens, more water you put in, there's more pressure. This is, this is a physics thing, right? Isn't that correct? And so the little holes that weren't showing up anything suddenly all start showing up. And I think I've got most of them. There's still a couple that aren't. We're just hoping that they don't all bust open. Because what happens, you put enough pressure on a small hole, and the hole becomes much bigger. And I think that um, for us, if we lack rhythms, when I lack rhythms, which is frequent, of work and rest, um, there is no place where God brings, uh, he gets to a place where he can take the load back from us. And so the load builds up over and over and over again. And guess what shows up in my life when I let that happen? All the, all the leaks show up. All the things that are not in order. All the things that um, God wants to bring order to and, and bring healing to and patch in my life. But they begin to show up because of the pressure building. And I haven't established those rhythms by which God brings healing and strength to those things. Two preliminaries before we walk through this. Um, one, this is not supposed to be, let's get this right Especially men, let's get this right, and then we're all done with it. This is not one of those kinds of things. Um, This is only, can we take one step? Can we take one more step closer 
to begin to enter into what um, God had. There's a reason why God established Sabbath every seven days. It's because he knows we don't get it, and we need it over and over again. And it only takes a couple days into our week when things get distorted again. And so he wants to bring it over and over again. So it's just a matter of taking one small step. Second of all, the Sabbath rest that I'm going to be talking about is not the Sabbath rest that's talked about in Hebrews chapter 4. You can go to Hebrews 4, and it talks about entering into the rest that God has for us. That rest was made available to us by the death of Christ and his resurrection. It says that when we come into faith into him, the work of getting salvation is all done. And we don't have to work for that. All we get to do is embrace it and enjoy it. And so the, the rest of Hebrews uh, chapter 4, it's talking about Sabbath rest that as believers, we already have. We don't have to do anything again before God to make ourselves acceptable before him. The rest we're talking about tonight is the more rubber meets the road, daily kind of stuff of God wanting to minister rest to us and refreshment in our lives through him. Let me pray, and then we're going to read a couple of passages, and then we'll kind of try to practically walk through this together. Father, thank you for um, this evening and for a space of time for us just to stop our feet from moving for a short time to put into practice um, something much deeper. And so minister your word to us, encourage us, challenge our heart where it's appropriate. Um, and I would pray that you would, for each of us, um, maybe bring one thing to mind that we could step into to experience uh, more fully the things that you have designed and demonstrated for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me read these two passages. We're going to read uh, Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, and then I'm going to jump over and read portions of Exodus 31, 12 through 17. Genesis 2, it says, Thus the heavens and earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day. He made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And Exodus 31 begins, verse 12. And the Lord said to Moses, Above all you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel, that in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and he was refreshed. Just a little side note, if anybody can figure out what does it mean that God was refreshed, write it out and let me know, because I still don't get that one. But somehow, in what God did, he was refreshed. And all that tells me is I've got to figure out what was going on here. Because if God needs refreshment, um, we do too. A couple um First thing is the primacy of Sabbath rhythms, the primacy of Sabbath uh, rhythms. It shows up here in Exodus chapter 31. He says, uh, God says to Moses, he's just actually reviewed the entire law, all the details of the law, the Ten Commandments. He spent chapters and chapters of laying out all these details, um, all sorts of things that they're supposed to do. And then God says to Moses, above everything else. If, that to me is if you're going to get one of these things right, this is the one to aim for. This is the one that's, that sifts out above all the other ones. Um, this is the one that somehow 
I think, links us to the Lord more than any of the other laws that were given. And so he says, above all else, matter of fact, you can go into the Old Testament, there's several places in the prophets that would indicate that Israel's greatest error was their issue of not keeping the Sabbath. It shows up over and over again. It talks about the fact that they had erred in not keeping the Sabbath and that there was something in that that God had from that would have captured them in a way that they didn't get captured that was linked into the keeping of the Sabbath. So the primacy of the Sabbath is God himself says above everything else that you could do in Moses' last words given by God to the people before he gets to the tablets, says above everything you could do, remember my Sabbaths. Keep the Sabbath. Keep this up, this pattern of work and rest in your life. And then second of all, he says, um, goes down here further, it says, you shall keep my Sabbath. It is a sign for you throughout all generations. And then he says, it's a sign forever between me and the people of Israel. The, the Sabbath uh, commandment, um, by the way, it was actually not given necessarily, uh, it was not part of the law originally. Originally, this, we just saw it in Genesis 2, God establishes the keeping of the Sabbath before there's any law at all. And so one of the things he lays out is keeping of the Sabbath. And he says it is a covenant with the people of Israel forever. Um, some of the other ones changed, didn't they, over time? And God kept certain things, and they've moved through these different covenants. The covenant of the Sabbath was one that God says, this is one that you keep forever, for all generations, after generation, after generation, is a covenant that doesn't end, which means that it was a covenant that was there when Christ came. It's a covenant in our time. And it's a covenant in the future, and somehow it is a covenant that represents our eternity with God, that we keep this, uh, this covenant of the Sabbath. So it's important because he says it's above all things, keep this one. Second of all, it's a unique covenant because it's an eternal covenant. Um, we can't say, well, that was Old Testament, we're done with that one. It's a unique one that's eternal. And then thirdly, it, God initiated this, this, uh, this rhythm, and God practiced it himself. So Genesis chapter 2, what do we see? We see God does this creative work. Um, we don't often think of it as work, but it was. And God in, in six days creates the heavens and the earth and all the wonders of what he did there. And then when it's all finished, God actually in a sense lays down his tools and he says, it's done. I, it's done. And it says he rested on the seventh day. Um, it's amazing that God rests, isn't it? Um, did he need to rest? Well, I, I guess he did. It says he rested. And it says in Exodus 31 that he's actually refreshed in the resting of it. And so as we think about the Sabbath, I think, you know, Jesus even said it was made for us. Initially, God himself created and then participated in the keeping of the Sabbath. Sabbath rhythms, actually, which is both work and rest, as we'll see here. So as we think about establishing these patterns, um, God says, this is the one you got to get. This is the one to aim for. This is one to pay attention to. Um, it is a covenant that's forever. And not only that, but guess what God says? I practice it. I myself entered into it first um, and then called these people as well as us into it um, together with him. If you go back to, um, you don't have to turn there, but in Exodus chapter 24, verses 12 through 18, you get this great picture. It's where um, Moses is uh, instructed to gather the, the elders of Israel together, and also with Joshua 
and a couple other people, and they're supposed to go to the mountain, and then the one group is supposed to stay by the mountain. He took Joshua with him a little ways, and then Moses is supposed to go up onto the mountain to the cloud, and everybody was supposed to wait, and that's when they waited for 40 days, and they all got in trouble. So at the beginning of that, Moses goes up onto this mountain, and it says that he was there for six days um, waiting for God. Um, and it says on the seventh day, out of the cloud, God's voice spoke to him. And I think that's just a great picture of what it is to experience some of the rhythms of Sabbath. We, we come before God, like we do each day, day by day by day, and we seek him out. And in the seventh, it's in the, in the rest, time of rest that sometimes that's when we get God's voice and we experience the fullness of his presence. And Moses waited, waited, and it was finally the fruit of his waiting was God's presence, God's activity, God's law given to him, um, and he had this 40 days, you know, this, this big period of time of this incredible blessing on top of the mountain. So the Sabbath rhythms are essential. Um, if we neglect the rhythm of Sabbath and we, in our work, and we, when, we, when we neglect the Sabbath rhythm of rest, I think that we forfeit in some degree the full experience of God's manifest presence and voice in our life. Um, and I know for me, because I just struggle with this one so much, when I am not establishing the patterns that God intended of working and resting, um, I'm not hearing him very well. Um, and I'm cluttered with things, and I'm full of things, and I am, um, I'm not quite frantic, but there's a, an intensity about my life that God did not intend um, to have, and as a result, we miss out on experiencing the, the wonders of his presence, the wonders of his voice, um, and his touch in our life. And so God, from the very beginning, said this, is, this thing is really important. It's so important because by getting, entering into it, you're going to experience the best of me, is where we get. So the first thing was the, the primacy of the Sabbath rhythms. The second is what is the pattern of these Sabbath rhythms, which I've already mentioned, but they're pretty, pretty basic. Um, there's two activities in the garden. You guys know what they are? There's only two activities in the garden. Work and rest. Pretty simple, isn't it? I love simple things. Work and rest. Two activities. God had two activities in the garden. He worked and he rested. And he gives Adam and Eve the same calling. What are they supposed to do? They're supposed to work, take care of the garden, expand it, and they're supposed to rest on the seventh day. They were going to enjoy the same rest that God did. So the pattern of what is a Sabbath rhythm it's very simple. It's just the rhythm of moving from work into rest, into work, into rest over and over again. Within, as believers, the context of already experiencing salvation rest in our life. So um, what's the pattern? It's real simple. Work and rest, okay? So, um, but it's work that's fueled by God, and it's rest that's genuine rest. And we struggle with a bit with both of those things. So the pattern here... Um, is work and rest. Remember in the, um, our series on sexuality, there was um, God created us for two purposes we talked about. It was impact, having a purpose, and it was relationship. Impact, having a purpose, which has to do with this work issue, and relationship with God, relationship with each other, and a, and a, and a right relationship with ourselves. Um, and those two things that we're created for are fleshed out in the patterns of Sabbath rhythms. 
in work and rest. They are lived out and discovered and deepened within those patterns of work and rest. So as we, we figure out this pattern, what does it look like to actually move from work, working hard, into resting well, back into working hard and resting well? What happens in the midst of that? We discover better and more fully our place for impact, and we experience more deeply our relationships. It's really easy to figure out that we don't do that. If you think about when we don't have those patterns right, um, what happens to work? Our purpose. We get frustrated in it, don't we? Um, we lose sight of what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, it becomes even toxic, if not something we just don't, we don't want to move to. And what happens to our relationships when we don't have that right pattern? They become stressed. We get distant from God. I'm not paying attention to what I'm, what's going on inside here at all. And everybody outside of me is stressed because I'm not experiencing God's patterns. And so everybody else experiences it around us as well. So the pattern of Sabbath rhythms is work and rest. And in that pattern, we actually are deepened in our impact and deepened in our relationships. So the only two activities here that we have to worry about are work and rest. By the way, think about that. If there's only two things, then what falls within the category of resting? There's a whole bunch of stuff that falls within the category of enjoying God's rest. Um, it's not like my dad grew up sitting in a chair all day Sunday and looking at a wall and not moving. That wasn't restful. Maybe nice for his legs, but that was about it. It was just grieving, you know, just like making a kid sit still. Um, if, if work is within in ministry or within our jobs or our homes, wherever our, our work part is, then rest is really broad, which was what Jesus was bringing when he came and he talked about Sabbath. He wanted to understand that the enjoyment of Sabbath is very wide as far as what it all um, includes, and we'll get to that in a little bit. So the pattern is moving between, in a healthy way, between work and rest. They shouldn't function ever in isolation, just working and just resting, because what happens is um, work actually finds meaning in genuine rest. And genuine rest produces better fruit in our work. So it's a little cycle. Um, when I discover how to really work, um, it's a good thing because it, it feeds me and brings me into places of rest. I discover my need for rest in the Lord more. When I rest well in the Lord, well, it fuels me for working better. And so they go together in this, uh, this Sabbath rhythm. Um, and like I said before, I think God established it as a weekly thing, although I I think um, we've, we've talked about this here at the Vineyard many times. Um, I don't think it has to, I think a day is a good thing. But you can enjoy Sabbath all the time, moments of Sabbath through your day, um, patterns within our day. But God established it every week for a reason because, like I said, we get out of the pattern so fast. And work overtakes us, and rest becomes not real rest. And God wants us to experience both of those things. The pattern of work and rest is guided by three principles, and these ought to be familiar to you if you've been here um, over the past years. So it has three principles which make up this pattern, how to carry out this pattern of work and rest. The word Sabbath comes from the root word Shabbat, which actually has two meanings if you look it up. It means to cease, and it means to rest. So that's familiar words for us here. It means to cease or to stop. And it means to enter into place of rest or actually can mean to relinquish, to give over something. 
So it's like the, uh, you can have the idea of a person carrying a burden and they're getting worn out and they give it to somebody else. It's that kind of relinquishing or rest. And all of a sudden it's like, ah, it feels good. The, the, the burden was gone. So it has both those meanings and both those meanings help give us our understanding of what the principles are of how to experience fully the patterns of work and rest. So the first step is to cease. It just means to stop. Um, God created, and at a certain point in time, he stopped. It says here, it says God worked in six days. On the seventh day, he had finished, in Genesis chapter 2, finished his work. So um, now God's a little different that he got to finish. Most of us never get to finish. But there's a place in time where God says, at this moment, you're supposed to say, that's enough for today. That's enough for today. And we, we kind of lay down tools. I worked in a place where you, for a while where you punched your clock, um, and you weren't supposed to work extra unless they told you, or they got mad at you, and you've got to be there on time. If you don't, you lose money. And, um, but I tell you, we had these machines going, and the bell at the end of the day would go off. The bell would go off. Doom, everything just stopped. Everybody put their tools down. Wherever you were at, everybody just walked away and went, you know, that was really nice. It was so nice to have some really specific way to say, oh, we're done. That means I get to walk home, and I'm not doing this anymore. And for many of us, we don't have that opportunity to do it that way, but we're supposed to cease the very first step to experiencing the benefits and the beauty of work and to experiencing rest is we have to cease. We have to stop. Um, And what do we stop doing? We stop producing is what we do. We spend our week producing, don't we? And then there's a place where we say, I'm not going to produce anymore. And the reason God did that, he says, I want you to remember that all you're producing comes from me. And the only way to remember that is you need to stop it for a bit. And then you remember that I'm the one who does it. Remember the Israelites were in the desert and they had to stop every seven days? And they weren't going to gather the, the man up. They were going to trust that God was going to provide. And it was his way of reminding them that all the provision came through him. In our work, we, within days, think, I'm the one providing. I'm the one who's taking care of this. I'm the one who's managing my home. All these things that we work at doing, and we forget that we're absolutely, wholly dependent on God to do everything. And so he wants us to stop. So when you stop, God's got to take care of it. Um, it's not stopping like um, some of you drive. When you get to the stop sign, you, you kind of take your foot off the gas, and, you kind of, and then you speed up, and you just kind of roll right on through. That's not stopping. That's like slowing down a little bit. Um, stopping means you actually come to complete stop. And ideally, to experience the fullness of Sabbath, we need to learn to discover. And it's, it takes work and time and practice, which is why God said every week, get to practice this every week, to actually stop enough that I genuinely stop. So I'll stop, and then you can ask my family. I'm Especially like on um, Saturdays after we have service, we have Sunday service, I go home, and I'm, my mind's going. So I'm no good to anybody, and I, it can't shut down, so I just go to bed. Um, we, even when we stop sometimes, we're still somewhere, right? Oftentimes, and sometimes it takes a while, um, which is why God establishes a weekly pattern to begin to develop it within us, um, to bring to an end at least for a moment, um, and stopping. And the question comes, do we ever stop? Do you ever stop? All the things that God's called you to do in work, do you stop? And God says, you know what God says? I want you to stop. Um, I'm actually saying it's a good thing to do is to stop working. Just stop and let it go. Some of us, um, our stopping means doing something else. Is that correct? So, um, 
For instance, uh, Dan and I have talked about this before. I actually enjoy working in my car, assuming it's not 100 degrees outside. Um, so stopping and actually having to fix the car, assuming I could figure it out, um, is actually very restful. I enjoy doing it. It's something so different that I'm refreshed in doing that. I think that's rest. For another person, it's just one more thing on the list going, this is the last thing I want to do, but it's what i got to do because i got the day off. That's not resting. That's not stopping. Stopping is actually entering the place of rest that God's called us to do um, in there. So God set a one-in-seven pattern because we so quickly take control and are often controlled by our work um, in such a way that we can't enter into the rest that God um, has for us. Um, now, when we stop... Um, so if you're, if you're carrying something and you're going to let go of it, what are you expecting to happen? Someone's going to grab it, right? <laughs> so if I'm going to drop something, I'm hoping somebody else is going to grab it for me. And in the ceasing, there is a yielding, which is, the hard, which is why we don't cease. When I stop working, then behind that, I'm yielding control over to God to take care of it. So if I'm going to frantically manage my life, if I truly quit doing that, I'm either going to be terrified that everything's going to fall apart or I'm going to trust that God's going to take care of it. <clears throat> and that is the blessing of learning to stop because in stopping, when we truly stop, we will truly yield. And that's where God wants to get us. He wants to get us to a place where he says, I will take care of it all. Just for a day, okay? Just trust me for one day on this, you guys. That's what God says. And I'm going to take care of it um, and, and, and uphold it for you. So as we stop, um, when we cease, we have to yield control. And we stop holding up the world. Um, we have to trust that God um, will do it for us. So um, the first step is stopping. And in stopping, we'll find ourselves yielding, yielding it over to God. Um, and all I can say is, um, from personal failure, we have to practice it over and over and over and over and over again, um, because we don't like letting go. Maybe God won't hold it up. Maybe God won't provide. Um, if I quit holding the fa- this together, um, it's all going to s- fall apart. Um, and yield stopping brings me to a place to say, I'm going to trust that God's going to take care of it. And that was his whole intention um, for the Sabbath in the first place. So the first step is to cease, um, to stop at some point. Second step is to rest. And by the way, the good news about the second step is it happens automatically if we actually do the first part. It happens automatically if we do the first part. If I actually stop and yield, guess what I get? I'm unburdened. I'm unhindered. We get rest, don't we? We actually get to enjoy the rest that God calls us to. So that's the second part here, we rest. Um, resting is the natural outflow of ceasing and yielding. When I, I let go, my arms get a break. They just do. And that, in that, there's a, a beginning of a rest that we can enjoy. Um, and if I can't rest, um, then I'm hanging on to something. I'm probably hanging on to something. So um, one indication, if you're sitting going, okay, I'm done, I'm resting, but I'm not resting. Um, it's great to say, so what is it that I'm hanging on to? What is it I'm still trying to do? What is it the work that I'm still trying to accomplish that I need to give, give over to God? It's a good indicator to do, to take a look at that. So we enjoy the rest and we yield. Um, resting is entering into life without having to produce anything. Entering into life 
without having to produce anything. Um, trust that the Holy Spirit produces things. Um, being freed from the need just for a little while, whether it's an hour or whether it's an afternoon, whether it's a day, um, whether some of you get a, a block of time and actually can do it for longer, to actually being freed from having to produce anything. That's enjoying rest. Um, and God invites us to that. That's what he wants. Um, because then we, we just enjoy him. And we enjoy ourselves. And we enjoy um, one another as well. Um, our key activity in resting is to enjoy. Our key activity in resting is to enjoy. The scriptures um, speak all over about, when it talks about the Sabbath, it actually talks about feasting as well. And the, uh, the enjoyment of rest is celebrating and enjoying. Um, if the Sabbath rest is a burden, we're, we're missing it somewhere. God's desire is that we, we stop and yield and we actually enjoy what he has for us. So our key activity um, is not a hard one to do. It's just embracing it and enjoying what God has um, for us. I like the, the story in, um, of Jesus. Remember, Jesus' disciples are walking through one of the fields, and they're on the Sabbath day, and they're picking grains. Um, it's kind of like bags of chips, basically, is what they're doing. They're, they're having snacks along the way. And the Pharisees, who are following them around, they're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, but they're following them around to see what they're doing wrong, um, accuse Jesus of breaking the Sabbath because they're picking grain up um, and eating it. Um, crazy. Um, and Jesus tells them the story about David breaking into the, tra- the place where the, the, the bread was, the bread of the presence, and they, they break in there, and David feeds his men with this, this bread um, that was reserved for the priests, and that was on the Sabbath. And he says that the Sabbath is for us to enjoy. Um, and so David actually experiences Sabbath in the best way. They're, they're provided, and they feast, and they enjoy something. And the, the Pharisees had missed it, and we're called to enter into this place when I actually can get to a place where I can let go of the need to produce and genuinely yield it all over to him. Then I begin to enjoy all sorts of good things that I forgot about. Um, the good things of each other, good things of community, the good things of just enjoying a meal. Um, you can ask, ask my family sitting back there. That's, every meal should be a Sabbath moment. Because we stop and we experience and enjoy what God's given to us. Um, I rush through and I'm ready to do the next thing. So that's, that's a place to practice learning into Sabbath, to enjoy the things that God has given to us. It can be sleeping. It's actually a Sabbath rest experience. So I just give you permission with that one. Um, creating can be it. It's, for, it's not producing, but maybe creating something. is something that you don't always normally have to do. Community with each other. Um, worship. Playing, feasting, getting outside, reading, all these things are experience of enjoyment that God desires to have us enjoy in the midst of our rest as we experience him. Um, God's key activity while we rest is reshaping. So our key activity in rest is to enjoy it. It's a good deal, okay? It's a good thing. God's key activity is he reshapes us. When we get to places of rest, God begins to reshape us into his image, um, which is what his purpose is all about. So what does that look like? Um, we go through our, week, our work of week. It even happens to pastors, okay? 
So even though you're working in a Christian place, it's still, there's this element of work, right? We, we labor, we produce, um, and very, very shortly after we get going into our week, we get caught up in it. Um, the demands press in, the expectations are there, our own desire of what we want to accomplish is there, we get consumed by or controlled by whatever happens, and the curse of the garden, in a sense, begins to get the better of us. And it begins to distort us. And we, whether we become workaholics and we work all the time, or whether we go the other way and we just get lazy in our work and we don't want to do it and we just kind of do the minimal, um, whatever it is, our work gets distorted. And when we actually stop and yield it and begin to rest, God begins to shape us back to his image, what was desired for us in the beginning. He begins to, all those distortions that happen through the week, he begins to reframe us again and help us to see things differently. And we see each other differently. We see the Lord differently. We see ourselves differently. We see our work differently. And he reshapes us just a little bit in that time of rest. And then he sends us uh, back out. When we don't rest, we don't get that reshaping doesn't happen. We're just crazy people out there, crazy busy doing the things that we think we're supposed to do. And there's no reshaping that happens in our life. And so we don't have anything to offer a world that desperately needs it. So we cease, we stop, and in that we discover what it means to actually yield over to God. Second of all, we, that leads into entering into rest. And our activity in rest to enjoy God's activity while we rest is to reshape us. An amazing thing happens in that. The third point here, the third uh, principle here of entering into it is to re-enter. When we've gotten reshaped, guess what happens? Work comes back again, doesn't it? It's right there. So, um, you know, people always complain about Mondays. Monday should be a good day um, because if we have actually let go of work, just assuming that you've got that kind of, uh, that kind of patterns in your life, um, if you're not Ryan as a firefighter and you have a different pattern of rest and, and work, whatever it looks like, if we, if we actually have a seven-day thing, we actually work hard, we get all messed up in that. We actually stop and we get yield and we actually enjoy rest and God reshapes us. Monday should be something we look forward to because our entire perspective has been changed by it. We see work as something that's a place for impact and purpose and that God has something for us in that. And he's actually eagerly sends us to that place. And we go there as different people. And so the calling, the third part here is that we step back into our work. We re-enter whatever that looks like for each of us. Um, whether it's a job or whether you're at home or whatever you're doing, those places of work that God has called us to enter into it. The last part of this pattern, re-entering, is stepping back into our particular calling or, or our vocation. And the reshaping that he does in us, we carry that into our world. And the ultimate result of that, you know what God does with that? He actually reshapes the world around us in his image a little bit more, just a little bit. And then we step back out again, and he reshapes us some more, and he sends us back into it, and the world gets shaped a little bit. When I don't step out and rest and get reshaped, I don't bring anything to the world. I just bring more distortion with myself. Um, And we can all share stories of that being true in our life, I think. Um, God wants us to reenter with a new perspective. Um, Our productivity actually increases. Um, there was a, uh, apparently the uh, wagon trains that went across the country a long time ago. Um, they had big arguments about whether they should stop on the Sabbath day. 
So they're taking, you know, they're trying to get all the way across the country in a wagon train. And they're like, you know, we, if we don't get across here pretty soon, we're going to get stuck in the snow and bad things happen with wagon trains in the snow. So there are groups that actually just were decided as a group they were not going to stop. They were just going to go every single day. There were other groups that decided on the seventh day they were always going to stop. They're going to rest the horses, they rest the people, they're going to enjoy one another. And guess who got there first? The people that stopped, amazingly enough, got there first. And so when we experience the patterns that God has for us, our work productivity actually increases. We're, we're, we're better at the things that God has called us to do and given us to do. We see work in a new way, and we bring our peace of God's image in a healthy way into our world, and it makes a difference. All from what? Simple patterns of work and rest, and work and rest, and work and rest. And the, the new truth is, every single one of us here in all different spheres have work to do. And every single one of us have an invitation and a gift of time called rest and Sabbath that God wants to call us into, and to experience it, and to enjoy it, and to be reshaped in that, and then sent back in as very, very different people. So, um, two applications of this. Um, and I'll specifically share this for dads t- tonight. Um, as I said, the scriptures in Ephesians says that we're to be imitators of God as dear children. Um, and if, as dads, if we want to make a difference um, where we work, um, if we want to make a difference in our kids' lives, in our homes, and bring refreshment in our home and not, not stress, um, one of the best ways we can do it is to learn the pattern of work and rest. So the first thing is I would encourage you guys um, and myself, we should work hard. Um, work is a good thing. Um, God blessed it, and he demonstrated it for us, and he wants us to invest ourselves well in the work that he puts before us. And I can tell you, we all, everybody here knows what it's like to get lazy and to get apathetic about work sometimes. And so we just get through it. And God has called us to work well and to work hard. And one of the best first steps to experiencing the rhythms of work and rest is what? We work hard. There's a, there's a block of time. God says, pour yourself into the calling I've given to you, the vocation I've given to you, to work hard. So the first thing is to work hard. And the second is to stop work and the key word is regularly. Do it um, not once every six months, um, not once a year, not once just when you get your two weeks of vacation. Um, it's supposed to be something that's woven into the fabric of our week. And whether it's a day or a, a couple evenings or however we're going to figure out how this thing works for us, we have to find a place to stop and begin to practice it until we actually begin to know, I know what it means to actually stop working and I actually have experienced what it really means to really rest and to be reshaped in that place. So what ways, you might ask yourself, what ways of stopping bring the most refreshment to you? Um, what ways of stopping actually bring refreshment? How can you get there? Um, and I would just encourage you, think of something very specific and practical. So um, depends on who you are. Perhaps it's not just coming home from work and if you work somewhere, and just entering into the family, maybe you need to go run for an hour first. And um, you need to get a way to get, let, let the week go and to step in. Um, whatever it is, find ways to rest well, which is very different than, than just sitting around, okay? Sitting around is okay, if that's a good plan. 
but we can waste time that's actually not refreshing. Um, so find the ways that you enjoy refreshment and also find ways of stopping that can include your family as well. So ways of stopping that bring refreshment and ways of stopping that can include your family. Um, I did bring, these are listed, I think, uh, I don't know if one of these is listed on the back of your bulletin, but um, uh, gorgeous old book. Actually, my copy's from like 1986. There we go. Um, Ordering Your Private World is real practical ways of thinking through what is, what is my world looking like today and trying to bring some order that reflects more of those, those patterns of work and rest. So this is an easy book to find. Ordering Your Private World is on the back. I've, some of you have read this when we've done Sabbath before, but Keeping the Sabbath Holy. Marva Dawn, she really focuses on the Sabbath day, but all the principles we talk about here of ceasing, resting, enjoying, celebrating are all listed out here. It's a great book on that. I encourage you to read that. On the back, um, if you go to my blog um, this week, um, there's, I wrote a very short thing about Sabbath, but there's a link on there um, to a blog by Ruth Haley Barton that really unpacks a little bit more fully um, what it means to have patterns of work and rest. And then she actually um, lays out some really practical things of thinking, well, what does it look like? She lays out some really specific ways that that can show up in her life. So I'd encourage you just to go on there. You don't have to read my stuff, but click on the link there. And, um, and it'll, it's actually a pretty full um, article on um, ways to bring rest into our life um, again. So I encourage you to look at those two. As we, um, we're going to take some time and worship, Danny, you guys can come on up here. Um, we're going to do a couple things I encourage you as, as we move here. We're going to sing a couple songs, and then I'm going to give you some direction. We're going to do a little time of praying together as a church, and I'll give you some directions for that, and then back into some more uh, music, and we'll take communion together. Um, on a practical basis, um, what to do with this, I would encourage you to find, um, bring one of these areas before the Lord. Perhaps it's um, not being able to stop working, or perhaps it's not really figuring out what does rest look like in your life. Um, think of one way to enter into that rhythm in a fresh way. Just one thing that you could do that would help draw you into that, that rhythm again that would give us um, some meaning. Um, let me pray. We're going to sing a couple songs, and then I'll give some direction for our, our time of prayer. Lord, it's a, a wonder to me that um, the God of the universe um, both worked and rested. Um, we give you thanks for... Um, setting a pattern for us, we would just confess to you that we um, labor pretty hard to avoid those patterns sometimes. Um, may you, in the way that only you can do, um, draw us into the goodness of actually yielding to you and experiencing the fullness of uh, letting you carry everything in our life. Um, and I would even ask that you would just step in um, forcefully in our life if you need to, to get us to stop and get us to let it go to your hands and to experience the best of what you have for us. Um, grab a hold of our hearts even as we sing now. In Jesus' name, amen.